755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic. I'm with Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever, my co-host. Eric, man, that was uh, all anybody is obviously wants to talk about right now or doesn't want to talk about right now. It's Mike Soroka's injury on uh, Monday night. And you could argue it was the worst thing that could have happened to this team right now where they are. Man, I mean, I'm I'm a huge optimist. I try to find, try to spin any situation into a positive, but I'm struggling with this one. I mean, that's yeah. like, yeah, that's the one thing that probably couldn't happen to this team. And and it did. And, and that's the one thing that really threatens your playoff hopes and World Series hopes and everything, you know, other than like maybe Freddie or Acuna going down. Um, mm-hmm. I think this hurts even more than those guys, though. I do, too, because... I mean, we saw a couple of years ago when Freddie got hurt, they actually got by without him when they brought in, uh, you know, Matt Adams for a while. He got fire. Other guys can carry your lineup for a while, you know, and they're getting enough offense. We just seen them get by basically without much at all from Acuna for the first uh, week and a half, two weeks, week and a half. And, uh, and, and either of those guys for the rest of the season would have been crippling, but I, I'm with you. I think Soroka, given, the injuries they've had in the rotation, the disappointment of guys like Fulte and even Newcomb, they opt out by Felix, her uh, uh, King Felix. Uh, this, this is really Soroka is the one guy that was carrying him and Freed are carrying your rotation and preventing the bullpen from being completely overworked. Yeah, well, that's the best thing about Soroka was, you know, I think they were even talking about it on the broadcast yesterday, but that was the day you felt like you could just put your feet up. Yeah. Um, mentally, as a reliever, that's huge to have that starter where you're not stretching in the second inning and, and stressing and, you know, obviously eating those innings up and, and getting a good start out of him every time. You don't have to go to the pen as soon. Um, so your, your bullpen's fresh after Soroka and Freed for the most part to be able to pick up some of the guys that have been a little inconsistent on the back end of that rotation. Um but yeah, there's just I can't think of any way to spin this one, man. This hurts. It's it's devastating for the team. And I'm sure I sh- I should uh, say I, I'm assuming everybody has seen it by now the injury. But Mike Soroka had a torn Achilles, right Achilles tendon, kind of a, one of those freak things which Achilles usually are. They're usually just coming from out of nowhere. Uh, you know, a basketball player, Kobe Bryant. You know, a lot of times you see it in older. I saw it when I was covering the uh, the Miami Dolphins in their early 90s, and Dan Marino took a step wrong. He was in the pocket, took a step wrong, took a step forward, and it just went. It snapped. And Kobe Bryant's the same way. Usually it's a guy plants and starts to take off, and it yep. just unravels. It snaps. And you, there's really – you don't see it coming. Sometimes a guy will say, yeah, it's been sore lately, especially an older guy. Maybe it was – you know, it was it had been starting to fray. But in the case of a, of a Soroka – it just it's one of those freak things he plants last night on the uh the dirt in the front of the mound to go cover first base and his first step as he takes off and you could see it it just buckled and it tore and he falls to the ground screaming couldn't put any weight on it had to be assisted off the field and he's this is a guy who turns 23 today tuesday he's 23 and you just hate to see it because this is uh, the best starting pitcher the Braves have had in quite a while uh, to come along. Uh, starting pitcher prospect maybe since, what, Tommy Hansen? And and there was nothing. And Soroka has it all together, too, mentally, yeah. physically, so mature. The, really, there's nothing you could see holding this guy back. Except that. <laughs> and, except something like this, you know, or a – the the one I guess saving grace positive from his perspective is it's not his elbow or his shoulder. I'd much rather have elbow or shoulder to be, be just because it's so much you know the rehab process everything seems more predictable with it you know shoulders a lot tougher than elbow Tommy John you know it's guys come back from that and you kind of expect that for a lot of pitchers but I mean it's just one of those things and you know like you said you see it a lot with with older players. Um, I think that's huge that he's so young because a lot of times you'll see it with a guy that's 34, 35, and then they're never the same. And and that's what makes Achilles so scary in the first place because you just don't see too many guys, you know, return to form. Um, But, yeah, if they have it older, you know, Jason Grilly had it. Yeah. But he looked like both Achilles were blown out before he blew him out. You know, he was already moving really bad and getting old. Uh Um, 
and I think there's been a lot of advancements in, in how they're doing the Achilles um, surgeries and rehabs. Um, so, I mean, there's, it's not like this dude's career is done. You just, you know, you worry with an injury like this, um, if he'll ever be the same, uh, really? it's, it's you scary, so? man. You, you think I you do? Think, yeah. yeah. I mean, something like that, leg, which is worse, right? I, I can't decide. I think so. Just because you're, you have a so. tendency to be on your toes a lot more off your back leg. Uh-huh. Um, your front leg, you know, you're putting a lot more weight into your heel once you kind of to, to jam down and decelerate. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's. It's scary, man. This is why guys sign those deals. You see guys yeah, sign yeah, yeah. long-term contracts and, and they seem undervalued, but you're, it's an insurance plan for something like this. Um, man, and we had just talked about this on the last podcast on signing him and Freed to long-term deals. You know, and this is always lingering as a player. You know, it's, it, there's always oh, some freak man. injury or something falling apart where you're leaving. You know, maybe you can make 200 if you stay healthy, but you're getting 50 right now and guys right. take it for, for that exact reason. And that's why if you're a guy like Max Freed and the Braves offer you something, you know, I'm in taking the next, it. I'm taking it. I'm <laughs> yep. taking it. I am was, taking it, man. That was B Max um, logic. I'm, I think him and Frank Core got offered the exact same contract when yep. McCann signed that extension. Yeah. Jeff walked out on it and uh, could you know he didn't he he thought it was way too light and was like that's you know that's not even a starter and B Mac was like shit I'm taking it you know and his logic was just. If he signed the deal and and outperformed it or got hurt or anything like that, you know, mm-hmm. he had the money and and he could make it up on the next contract, which he did. He got eighty from the Yankees, but that logic of you know, there's however many millions sitting on the table. How can you yeah. pass it up? I mean, that's this is the type of thing that you, you know when you're thinking about all these other players and all that stuff. It's always there's always a chance that you're the freak one that just gets hurt and doesn't get that money that's that's supposed yeah. to be down the road and you want to take this contract. But man, I mean, I think him being young and he's strong, he's diligent, he does his work, rehabs, advanced everything. He's gonna be all right. I just hope he doesn't rush it. You know, people make made made really made fun of Acuna for taking a hundred million dollars last year. But yep. you think about it, a guy like yep. him, how much of his game is speed? You know, mm-hmm. speed now obviously does everything else too, but take the speed away and he's a different player. Ozzy, yeah. same way. So much of their game is speed. Imagine if he'd have done this, God forbid, you know, because it could have happened to him just as easily as Soroka. And turned know? down a hundred million. And he turned down a hundred million. Then all of a sudden you're looking at it'll be at least two years before somebody makes an offer because he's gonna have to come back in a year you know, nine months to a year probably, and then he's gonna have to prove it for a full year that he can stay healthy and he's the same player. So I think it puts a new perspective on that. Even if a guy potentially left a hundred million dollars on the table over the course of a contract, and he probably did, you got to look at it from this perspective. All of a sudden, what happens if you do something like that, like an Achilles that nobody is expecting, you know? Yeah. And man, it's tough. Cause you know, I don't think this is even one of those things, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, possible injuries and stuff from, Guy's not having enough time to ramp right. up and whatnot, but this right. isn't something that I'd even put on that. It's just a I freak thing, just a random freak. You know, even if it was a play later or a play earlier on a different pitch, everything had to line up wrong for him to snap that thing, and it just happened. You know, it's just, I, just tough luck. And I would say I would have a lot more uh, – I would be more likely to say it was from it was from the shutdown if it had happened at the start of camp or in the first exhibition game or inner squad. You know what I mean? Yeah, like pitched. running, running sprints the yeah. first week or something like that. Right. But I'm sure he was taking great care of himself. You know, and he's I've made, heard he's a really hard worker. You know, huge worker. He pitched the whole shutdown. He made two regular season starts, uh, at least three or four inner squad and exhibition games. So yeah, all of a sudden it's not going to be snap because of the shutdown from a month ago. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to pin it on that. Yeah. A lot of the injuries that are happening around baseball, the arm injuries, I think you can pin on that, or, or at least there's a good chance that it contributed to it, but I don't think you can on this one. So, um, you know, you mentioned Jason Grilly. There's also Adam Wainwright. Somebody pointed out. Now, I don't know, remember if Adam was, was a complete tear. For some reason, I don't think it was a complete tear. It might have been partial. But he came back, like he did his in April and came back at the end of the year, which was really unusual, you know, like five months yeah, because this is normally nine months to a year with a complete tear, which is I'm sure the the brace still haven't said it was a complete tear, but I'm sure it was the way he went down last night. That wasn't a yeah, and it's, it, 
almost every pitcher I've looked up, it's been their their uh, landing leg. Which yeah, I, Wayne you know, I was. think that that definitely helps. Um, yeah, I think being, so too. you're a little softer on that front leg than than pushing off. And when you push off the rubber, man, you're getting up on your toe, and that's when that Achilles really gets stressed. When you're on your heel, you know it's almost it's shortened, so it's not as I don't think it's as hard on it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Zach Britton did it too. Uh, he's come back and he's pitched three three more years after it. Yeah, and I, forgot I mean, about he, him, yeah. he, he threw sixty something games last year with a one nine. You know, he returned to form. And like I said, man, the, the rehab uh, it's advanced so much since I came into the game right. that it's it's really hard to compare. Uh, you know, being young, ACL, how far that's yeah, going. and being young is probably the biggest possible benefit because you just got so much more just natural testosterone and growth hormone to help you heal. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a scary one. It's a scary one. If if you're in his shoes, you're, you're not even thinking about it. You know, you're planning out your career, everything's going well. And you saw him when he went down, he said, you know, what the fuck, what happened? You know, he didn't even know. Um, I remember Grilly said he started running. He, he thought someone stepped on the back of his leg. Yeah, I remember that. And he was trying to figure out where the person came from or what happened to him because it's so instant and you just don't, it just snaps. Um, that's but what I've heard. Being, it's an awful feeling. Yeah, yeah. Some some guys and, say it's like the most painful thing they've yeah. ever been through. Yeah, and he tried to get up and walk it off. Yeah, and he like and went down immediately. You know, you yeah. can tell that's that's why it's amazing when you go back and look at Kobe Bryant went and shot two free throws after he did his, yep. which is just crazy, man. Yeah, but I know Kobe was one of the first examples I saw of. They're doing something different with the incision. They're they're making a smaller incision, or they're making more small. They're doing something that's not not uh-huh. as strenuous to rehab it with. It's not just like a giant cut invasive. or something like that. But yeah, not as invasive. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came back and played basketball. So if Kobe can come back and play basketball in his late thirties, you know you got to yeah. feel pretty good about the the thing you worry about is just favoring it or not using it right. the same, and and how that can affect the rest of your delivery and the time it takes to just to get everything flowing normally. Cause you don't want it to lead to more, to more injuries, arm but or shoulder, uh, elbow or shoulder, you know, he's going to have time. It, it, he did, at least he did it. You know, he didn't do it in the playoffs or something where he's missing all of next year, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's really hard to, to have a positive spin on this one. Um, as somebody pointed out, he doesn't appear to be a guy that pushes off with his with that uses his uh, push off leg as much as some guys do. Say a Craig Kimmel, no, you know, he doesn't have a really Wagner. long stride. Huh? Right. right, yeah, he doesn't have a long stride. He doesn't he doesn't get a ton of back leg extension. Mm-hmm. I think that's why he has such a good sinker because he's so on top of the ball. So you know that could play in his favor too. So we just had a conference call with Alex Anthopoulos, uh, uh Tuesday morning. And surgery within a week. Uh, they're not going to give a timeline. It's just fair, out of fairness for Soroka and yeah. everything else, because it's just it varies from from person to person, and it'll probably be a few months and in, into the off season before they give some better idea of when to expect him to come back. But uh, you know, the problem is now what the body's going to do. Okay, because we've talked about this. I mean, the rotation after the first two spots was the biggest, to me, the biggest question mark on the team already. I mean, this is a grid offense, averaging over six runs a game during this winning streak they had before last night. They had a five-game winning streak snapped last night. Uh, got a very good bullpen. It's going to be even better with Will Smith returning in, you know, within days. You got a damn good defense. And they had everything. To me, the only question, and it was a big question, was the spot, the last three spots in the rotation. And yeah. Now, the rotation is just a huge question mark, and the problem is, in a normal season, if this was, you know, the first month of a normal season or any time during a normal season, if you're Alex Anthopoulos, you go out and make a trade and bring in a stud, either on either an expiring contract or a guy with a couple of years left. But here's the problem this year. Do you go out and give up prospects or take on a big contract, even if it's an expiring contract? Do you take that on knowing that there's a chance the season gets shut down next week if some knuckleheads from another team go out and get COVID? I mean, it's a weird time to make trades, and there's no trades being made right now that are real significant. Yeah, you've already had two two outbreaks. Um mm-hmm. I don't think I almost don't think you trade for somebody on an expiring contract. It'd have to be a trade for 
a dude that you would have multiple years for, you know, and then, and then you're giving up a lot more for him. Agreed. Um, but yeah, you know, nobody's going to give up a top prospect for a guy that's a rental or even like decent prospects. And then the season gets banged. I mean, that's your biggest fear. And it's so early and everybody's in it. You know, you got 16 playoff teams. Right. Nobody's throwing in the towel for another couple, at least a couple more weeks. You That's know. the thing. Maybe maybe if you're the Marlins or the Orioles, but the Marlins are just trying to piece together a roster right now. They just had to go out and get like, yeah. you know, so. And they uh, usually don't have a, a legit starter to give up. They're, they're calling up more of the same guys the Braves are doing where they're trying to right. establish them. Yeah, you don't bring up a guy. If you want to go with a guy who's unproven, you go with one of your own guys. And that's what the Braves are going to end up doing, I think. I'll say yeah. right now, they're, they're looking. And they've been engaged in trade talks, he said, since summer camp, you know, since spring training ended, uh, since summer camp started, when you could do it again. But he said, now, is something going to come to fru- fruition? I don't know. He goes, like, right now, he thinks they're going to go within. Stay you within. Have to. I mean, you at least go, got to start there. And they could go in a bunch of different directions with that. I covered that in a story I wrote today about the injury that posted last night. Um, I know a lot of people want to go with the sexy to, well, people that think prospects are real sexy. They want to go with Ian Anderson, who's a top pitching prospect. But if you're going to go with a pitching prospect with no major league experience, there's no really not, not much reason to justify going with Ian Anderson over Tucker Davidson, a guy who's two years older who pitched better last year in double A AA and triple A than Ian did as much as Ian looked great for the long term. Tucker's 24 years old and he pitched, he just pitched better last year than Ian did. He was outstanding. Even his triple A starts. Whereas Ian got called up and went six, seven, five ERA in his five triple A starts. But I don't think they're going to use either one of those guys. I don't think with a rotation that already includes Tukey, Kyle Wright, who's got like five major league starts, uh, and Sean Newcomb. I don't think that you add a guy who's got zero major league experience and only like four or five games above double A. I just don't think you do it. So I think you go with short term. You give another shot to like a Bryce Wilson, you know, who's shown flashes. I mean, he relies too much on the fastball, but he's got stuff. And uh, he he pitched opening weekend at Philly last year, so he's you know the pressure's not going to be and, and there's no crowds now obviously anyway. But I think you could go with a guy like him. They, you know, to me Tomlin would be a great option, but they like to have Tomlin available for any high leverage innings, short term, multi innings, whatever. Uh, I mean, he's valuable Julie, out of the pen. It, it's right. hard to take him out of that role because he's yeah. he's huge in it. Julius you know, seen. Yeah, Chassin just well. Did he did he clear or he's released? He was cleared, and so he, okay. so he got sent down. So they could bring him back because he had an injury. So you could bring him back without. I think he's a lot better as a starter than than a long I, guy. I think he needs his routine. I do too. I think Chassin's a good option, but uh, and then and then you could go. Obviously, the other candidates. We just saw Fulty sent down. It's too early. I mean, to expect Fulty to be brought back up a week later and have added Velo. I mean, the same problems he had the last two starts, the exhibition game. No, but game. you could bank on him. You could bank on him a month from now if these guys don't play out. I think so, too. I mean, if this doesn't light a fire under him, you know, he's got to feel so bad right now if you're two. He's a good dude, Fulty, and he's got to feel like – I know he already felt like he let the team down, but right yeah. now he's got to really be feeling bad. Well, they and just it, they need somebody to step up, though. And, you know, it's – you just keep throwing shit at the wall and see what sticks. How about if you're King Felix right now, dude? That decision you made. Yeah, but I don't out. think I don't think he cares. You know, I don't think his his decision had much to do with. I mean, he was on the team as far as I yeah. thought. You know, yeah. Um, and I think he was going to be the number five, or they, you yeah. know, the only thing I can think of is maybe they told him he was going to be in the pen and he just bounced, but. Could be. It seemed like he was going to have a, a a spot at the back of the rotation, and and he'd be huge right now, just because you at least feel like, yeah, you know, you know what you're going to get out of him, and he could find his way through five, even if he puts up, you know, at this point, even if you just had some guys that you know can get through five innings with a five right. ERA, right. it's better than than, you know, watching guys that might melt down any inning, and and each start you're not sure what you're going to get out of them, and and that's the thing, you know, it's not a knock on these guys, but they just haven't shown the consistency yet where. You feel comfortable, like, you know, I know I'm going to get a decent start. That was what's so nice about Soroka. You knew, I mean, unless maybe one out of 10, he was going to get, have a really rough start and go four innings or five innings, but that just didn't happen. And, and that consistency is so important out of the, out of the starting rotation. 
Yeah, I think you're right on King Felix, but like Nick Marcakis, you know, I, I have a feeling that Felix probably started watching a few games and said, you know what? It, look, it looks like these guys are, it's not that bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, and this year was important for him if he wanted to get a contract for next year. Now, I asked last night, and the deadline was August 1st to, to, to apply for reinstatement to come off the restricted list. Yeah. I don't, I didn't get a definitive, no, it's too late, which led me to believe that he at least explored that maybe. Now, I don't know if he applied, and I don't know if it's right. too late, but you, the August 1st was the deadline. So, but I, but when I man, asked what's him, he been doing since he left? You I know, no I mean, idea, he, yeah. he left camp almost a month ago, and, and right. you, know, you haven't faced hitters, so then even if he came back, you still got to build him up. Yeah. And you need you need pitchers now. Unless you just say, screw it. We're going to throw you out there if you've been throwing. We're, if you, you break, know. we'll just send you back home. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Alex said, you know, I asked him about, uh, you know, can you even complete a, uh, do a trade right now in a season that might not be completed or whatever? He said, that's definitely one of the challenges. Just the uncertainty. You're going day to day. Look, even before last night and still even at the end of camp, summer camp, we were still engaging teams in trade discussions. I'm not necessarily optimistic that anything comes to fruition anytime soon, but our mindset is we fully expect to play and we'll continue to play. We're going to operate that way. But like you said, there's always that other element talking about COVID-19 canceling things, but we are certainly, uh, he said, but we are certainly going to try to continue to improve the club. Uh, And then he also said, you know, because I said, you know, a guy like Freddie Freeman's not here looking towards next year. They want to win right now. They're still in first place in the division. They're eight, seven, and four. Well, they're looking great. And Alex said, absolutely. We are trying, we're trying to win as many games as we can and try to win the World Series. That's the way they're going to go about it. So they're not just going to shut it down, bring up all the prospects, throw them in the fire and say, hey, let's see what happens. You know, another thing I thought of was I'd start having Matzik go. Two innings, maybe two and a third, getting him up and down. I kn- I know he's not built up for it, but he was a starter in the past. And if he's if he, the only thing you don't want to do is trigger the yips again, start putting too much pressure on right. him, or you know that's you'd have to talk to him about that. Like, hey, you think you could handle I it, or you're just happy where you're at? Are you? I did? asked Matzik about that last week. I said, uh, yeah, because he looks terrific. I mean, we're gonna talk he about looks him awesome. Later. I mean, he's ninety four with a. With good breaking ball. 97 topping out at, but yeah. yeah he's sitting 94 left-handed. And, I mean, that makes you feel like oh. he'd be 92, 93 as a starter, which is plenty. And he hasn't walked anybody. <laughs> right. You know? And a lot of strikeouts. A lot of strikeouts and ground balls. I asked him about it. I said, what about, uh, you know, when you have this much success early, are you kind of tempted to say, you know, I know you need, I know you guys are uh, hurting in the rotation. And this was even before Sarook got hurt. And he said, hey, whatever role they want me in, I'm just here to help the team win. He said, but I do love the bullpen role now because he's had, he's done it now for a few years in the minors, indie ball. And I look back, he hasn't made a start since 2015 in the disastrous year, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you would, you do you risk it when he's pitching so well in the bullpen, putting him in that rotation, something snapping. You, God, how bad would you feel if it did? You know, right, and that's that's why you got to talk to him, and you know, right. you asking him that question, right. he seems pretty chill about it. Where you just never know, man. The yips is a crazy thing that, that yeah. happens to guys, and and it one thing sets it off, and all of a sudden you just can't get out of your head again. And but, I think as a reliever, he doesn't think; he just goes out there and pitches. Right, and there's not time to think. There's mm-hmm. you know, you go in the game, you throw, you go home, you do it again. <laughs> versus having four days to sit on the bench yep. and tinker with stuff and then you start yep. working too much. But, uh, you know, just, just looking at his stuff, uh, he could definitely start. I mean, he's got a good, really good slider. He's throwing 94 <laughs> and he's got a, he's got a good curveball too. He hasn't thrown any changeups yet, but even just two breaking balls is, is enough as a lefty. Man, he's something, isn't it? You look at it and go, God, the yips is a powerful thing. If it just, completely sideline this guy's tour uh, or this guy's uh, career. I mean, he was out of baseball for a year in 2017. He was going to quit. Man, when I was playing, I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. Because it's it's just – it scares every pitcher. I've seen a few guys go – I saw one guy go through it with the Mariners was one of their top prospects. All of a sudden, he was throwing balls in the dugout. Wow. I mean, he was missing by a 50-degree angle. He was going – you know, he was aiming toward home plate and he was throwing balls in the dugout because – what happens is you just 
you can't lose consciousness. I mean, you just got to be kind of in a level where you're just kind of unconscious and your body just does what it's supposed to. When you start thinking about where every single limb's at and everything you're doing, Mm -hmm. nothing natural happens. And all of a sudden, the most simple task you've been able to do your whole life is just gone. Like Ankyo, man. That was just, Jesus. Ankyo. And Ankyo, you know, he had to start drinking to try to get out of his head. And then that became normal. So he was drinking and pitching. And then once that became normal and he was tolerating it okay, the bug would just creep back in. Uh-huh. And so then it was like, I think it was pain pills or something on top of it, but he couldn't get a buzz that would outrun the uh-huh. yips. And wow. it's that's why it's so complicated because it's it's kind of just always in there. You know, it, it's it's always so a possibility. thing. Yeah, with guys that have a ton of anxiety or struggle with it, you know, it, it could come up at any moment. But yeah, I mean, if 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 he feels like he could handle that, I think it's absolutely worth a shot. Because he's he's also got some experience, you know. He started in the big leagues before. Um, he's mature, you know. Um, it, you just wonder if if you trigger it or not. But otherwise, I'd at least throw him, you know, two innings out of the pen, and see how it goes, and now, then, then maybe f- this guy's a fresh arm, man, that you could look at to resign yep. for long term. Though I don't know, it's up to him. I would certainly leave it up to him, but I'd try the other options first. I really, <laughs> I'd, would. I'd I'd start I'd start just stretching him out a little bit. Just to see how it goes. He handled that the other day with no that coming back, you know, for a second inning, no problem yeah. at all. But yeah, have him sit down, you know, maybe throw two and a third, have him get up and down, you know, three times and see how that goes. Now you talked about you didn't even want to talk about it. I guess that's why, like Galavin said, they cut a lot of a lot of players just call it the thing, the yeah. thing. <laughs> well, even you know, and it, it you see it in other avenues of life too, like on the golf course. Somebody oh, yeah. will start thinking that, about their swing and they'll just start hitting it everywhere or our talking guys can't to putt anymore. Yeah, or just talking to people, you know. People start thinking too much about what they're about to say, and it's not natural, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're just socially just locked up. You know, it, it, it happens anywhere in life, but trying to do it on a uh-huh. on a mound and throw into a little box, man, it's hopeless. The mind is just powerful. is so much more powerful than anything else in your body, you know? Yep. It can just over it can overwhelm anything. That's yeah, but other than that, man, you look at the rest of the guys and it's it's kind of the same story where they all have the talent and they just they haven't been able to put it together. I thought, you know, right, I thought he had an inning he could really build on. Yeah. Or two innings because he, innings. he, he got into shit innings. and he got out of it. And sometimes that's what you need to know. You know, you need to – and it's hard because when a team's trying to win, you can't necessarily let guys get out of their own mess all the time. But yeah. getting out of his own mess, knowing he can kind of create a mess and get out of it um, – handling those messes is, is what's going to make him a really good starting pitcher. So I thought that was one to build on, but still, I mean, you got to see how it goes. So it's, there's just so many question marks. Tukey sailed through a couple of innings. That's the one I was thinking about. And then right. His last one was just like in trouble every inning, two or three yep. runners on every inning. And he got out of every jam. I mean, that he needed was crazy, that. man. He needed it. So that's needed it, something. those are the innings that, that those are the innings that fall apart, you yep. know, like his, his start in Tampa, if he was the guy who was the first couple of innings, you're like, shit, this dude's nasty. He can he could be our guy. Mm-hmm. But then when he when you can't control and stop the bleeding and, and minimize the damage and, and control that meltdown inning, you look at the line at the end of it and you're like, well, it's more of the same shit. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah he, he he's got he has one to build on for sure. Yeah, we're looking at that uh what Sunday start that Wright made. It was uh fifteen base runners and two innings. How about that? <laughs> Zero runs. Three and third innings. Five hits, four walks, no runs. I mean, when are you <laughs> going to see that? 75 pitches, 45 strikes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, those are the things, though, that those are the growing pains you got to go through when you're transitioning into a big league pitcher. Cause, you know, a guy in AAA might come up and just swing first pitch when you're throwing balls. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they do it in the big leagues, too. But for the most part, they can smell when, when you don't know where the ball's going. They'll just wait you out and let you self destruct. So him learning how not to self-destruct and, and manage that inning, slow it down and get through it, uh-huh. you know, that's a that's a big step for him. Yeah, first two innings, he's, he faced a minimum. Six batters. He gave up an infield hit, and a, a ground ball single through the left side in the first inning, then got a, gra- a double play right after that. Yep. Yep. Or, no, I'm looking at the wrong one. That was Tampa, I think. Yeah, his, this is a uh, – this yeah. last one wasn't there wasn't anything pretty about no, it, but no, you know, I, I watched it and I saw him I saw him grinding through and getting out of it and I said, you know, that's a step in the right direction. First inning gives up a walk and a single to start the game, and then another walk. Base is loaded. He gets Robinson Cano to hit into a double play to end to get out of that one. 
So he got like a pop-up, like an infield pop-up or something, and then yeah. a double play, right? Infield yeah. pop-up after the first two got on. Then he walked a guy. And then second inning, he got a strikeout, then gave up a walk and a single. So there's two on. Got runners on the corners, and he gets a ground ball and a strikeout. Gets out of that. Two left on. Third inning, gives up a leadoff double. Strikeout, then a then a walk. So there's two on. Then he strikes out Cano and JD Davis back to back to get out of that one. Yep. I mean, it was crazy, dude, what that guy did. Then in the th- uh, fourth inning, he gives up two singles to the first three batters. So there's one out, two on, and that's when Matzik came in and did did work, yeoman work. Got a yeah. Got a uh, got a yeah. Ground out to short and a strikeout. Get out of that jam. And then the next inning, uh, Matzik got two strikeouts and a ground ball. I mean, he was, yeah, Matzik was tough. He went two innings that day. Yeah. Gave, gave up two hits, had four strikeouts, no walks. Yeah, no, so, he looks, I mean, he looks unbelievable. I and mean, that's just a question if you want to mess with it or not. But, you know, yeah. back to right, you know, you go through that inning, those innings that he went through, and you uh-huh. realize there's, there's always a chance you get lucky. You know, that, that Robinson Cano ball was scorched up the middle. Yeah. But he threw a strike, you know. There's always a chance you get lucky if you throw strikes. If you're throwing balls, right, I mean, right. you don't. Nobody ever just rounds first on a walk and gets picked off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's there's you don't get lucky on walks, and I see him a lot of times. You know, trying to do too much and kind of nibbling in those situations versus just being aggressive and going after him. But those are lessons you learn by just going through them. You know, you can't learn those lessons in AAA. Make them put it in play, right? And things happen. Yep. Yeah, you watch a coach throw BP and they got they can't even get their arm above their shoulder and they're getting outs throwing 40 miles an hour right down the middle. You know, there's always a chance guys get themselves out. So getting back to uh, Soroka last night, uh, Alex said he talked to him. Said he talked to him uh, after the game. He went to – Alex was watching, in the you know, in his box up in a pre- yeah. next to the press box. Went down to the clubhouse. Uh, he said he was dejected as you would expect, but all things considered, I thought he handled it exceptionally well in between innings. His teammates came in to basically console him off their support. Alex said it was pretty impressive. All of them walking into the doctor's office in the clubhouse there said Mike's demeanor, his mood was the same as you would expect from him. He's pretty determined to come back better than he's been in the past. We have no doubt he's going to work exceptionally hard. Like I told him last night, Obviously, it's an awful break for him in the organization, but for him, it's something that he will recover from. In terms of when you, uh, when your injuries, when you have injuries that are serious like this, that keep you out for a long period of time, when you pitch and it's not your elbow and your shoulder, that's certainly something to have a positive outlook about. He will recover, and we expect him to be the same guy he was. So, well, he's got the he's got the mentality to handle it too. You know, you're talking about a really Hard strong. Work, hardworking, just and, and smart, mature yeah. guy that that you feel like can handle it because it's a lot to get thrown at you, you know, a, an injury like this. But yeah, man, being young, being smart, working hard, advanced rehab. I mean, there's no reason for him to believe he can't be the same. He's just, you know, it's you just don't see it coming, and it's devastating when you're in the middle of really establishing yourself yeah. as one of the best pitchers in the game, and now all of a sudden it's you're fighting a totally different battle. Oh man, it's uh, you know, you feel bad for a kid because he's just such. <laughs> I mean, you never wish for bad things to happen to anybody, but when they happen he's to a, a good guy, guy. who's such a yeah. good dude, nice guy, hard worker, so talented. But hey, life ain't fair, man. But it's not. That's rough. Rough. Uh, it was talking about uh, Alex was asked about you know how you make a when you lose somebody used to counting on so much, you know, early, how do you adjust? And he said when he was with Toronto or, or how long do you kind of feel sorry for yourself? And then before you move on, Alex said when he was in Toronto spring training, 2015, Marcus Stroman was going to be a big part of their rotation. He was doing some drills on a backfield, got hurt. looked like he was done for the year. Came back early September that or came back in early September and pitched in the playoffs for them. But Alex said that was one where, we expected him to be out for the entire year. You have no choice but to kind of move on. You have your little moment, whether that's for a half hour or hour. Alex said, I remember back then at the time I went for a drive and you clear your thoughts. Then you get back and start to focus on trying to make the team better. You know, so yeah. next man up. Yeah, and if you're Mike, you got plenty of time to – I mean, he could mope for a month if he needs to. I don't think anybody would 
I don't think he'd ever show that at the field, but if you're, if you're struggling at home, it's pretty normal. But yeah. And from the team, man, you, yeah. You know, I saw Snit talking last night. It's just something you move on. You just, you know, you just wear it and then you yeah. move on. You figure out how to win now. Yeah. You, know, you can't get hung up on it. Alex said, it's, I think it's the same as far as the other players that look at the clubhouse. It was pretty dejected last night. But again, today, we obviously still have a very talented team. Huge loss, no doubt about it. You're never going to make up for not having a guy like Soroka in your rotation. But someone else is going to get an opportunity, and we're certainly going to continue to work and be as good as we can. So it's a tough loss, but the focus is where do we go from here? Next man up. That's the attitude you need to have when you lose great players like this. And the tricky part, you know, the tricky part for a lot of these, the young guys, and this almost actually takes a little pressure off them because there's there's another spot up for grab. But the tricky part is it's really hard being a young guy coming up and if you and feeling like if you uh-huh. have a bad start today, right, you're going back to AAA. Right. You know, that that's a ton of pressure for guys. And, sure. and sometimes, you know, you need to come up and have an OK one or a bad one and then bounce back from it. And then you can kind of build from there. Mm-hmm. But that pressure on on these guys when there's only one spot open and it's just kind of a rotating, you know, rotisserie of AAA prospect that's supposed to be really good and they can't get it done. You know, that pressure of this could be my last start. I'm going back to AAA has actually kind of been alleviated a little bit with with this um, injury. And, you know, that's not a good thing, but it definitely takes a little bit of pressure off those guys. And there's a spot up for grabs and somebody's just got to step up. You know, they got to realize that there's a big opportunity to, to play a big role and establish yourself as a, as a major league starting pitcher this year. And, and you just hope one of them, you know, kind of grabs that role and runs with it. Freddie uh, Freeman is kind of, you know, the unofficial team captain, the longest tenure yeah. brave. So he's the guy we got on zoom last night after the game. And he came in and said, look, it really just, it just sucks. Sucks. <laughs> there's no sugar coating this night. No, there's not. Um, he went up after the inning, went up to the, uh, doctor's office training room where, uh, Soroka was sitting there and, uh, he said, you know, surprising. I mean, he was, he was, oh, it was relatively upbeat, which was good to see, but, uh, he just felt terrible because Freddie said, you know, Freddie fielded the ball that was hit to the right to the right, uh, left side of the mound as you're facing the mound on the right side. It was hit to the first base side, and Freddie fielded it. He was kind of shading towards second base uh, and was running on first. So he throws to second uh, for the out. And then Freddie heard Soroka scream, and then he heard the first base coach say, nobody's covering first. So Freddie looked, and Soroka was on the ground. And then he went and dug out and saw the replay and knew what it was because he remembered Jason Grilly going down the same way. Yeah. I mean, watching it live, I saw him go down and I saw nobody covering first. And I was just hoping, you know, he rolled his ankle. Yeah. And then you see the replay and you're hoping it's his calf. But yeah, I mean, everything looked like Achilles. Exactly. You could tell it. It doesn't look like anything else. I mean, the way the leg just gives. Yeah. uh, The only thing. Yeah. The only thing you could even hope was that he completely pulled, uh, tore the calf. But that just doesn't happen. Guys just don't, you know, without getting hit, you know, it's rare. It's much more common to do the Achilles just snaps and that guy goes down like that. And then you can't put – most guys can't put any weight on it like he couldn't. He couldn't even put his foot on the ground at all. Yeah. Yeah, He's yeah. You were just – I mean, you are just hoping, you know, I, it's kind of like each injury that's anything but the Achilles, you know, each each one along the line. You know, maybe he rolled his ankle, but then you see the replay and his ankle was perfectly straight. Yeah. And you yeah, could kind of see exactly. – you could kind of see his calf ripple and his, his back leg kind of go down a little farther than it should. And yeah, I think Frank Core, whoever, some Frank Core chipped, it was just, you know, they brought up Achilles right away and said it didn't look good. And it, it was pretty, well, I could tell right away. Everybody could tell. There was a doctor went online, Duke, uh, Duke orthopedic surgeon or somebody was on Twitter, my Twitter feed last night and said, he showed kind of a, a still shot of it. You said you could see the, uh, Achilles contract and the muscle kind of goes up when it does. Yeah. Like that. And then give out. Right. So you can see it like go up into the leg, you know, up in the, I guess even past the knee, you know, because it just does weird shit to the whole leg when the, when the Achilles goes. Uh, Grilly was 38 when he tore his, and it was a left Achilles. So it was his, uh, landing foot. And he was pitching. I remember that game, July 11th, 2015 in Colorado. And he vowed to us that day as he's on crutches to take the team plane home that he was going to be back in spring training. And we kind of rolled our eyes and go, well, dude, you're 38. And it usually takes longer than, you know, eight months to get back, seven, eight months. 
Sure enough, he was back the next spring at the start of spring. Didn't look like he was ready, but he was determined to get back, and he was he was there. And he even as bad as he pitched in spring training, he was on the opening day roster, and they used him. I remember. Like eight or nine times in April wasn't good. You were on that team when he came back, right? Yeah, it was. And I think it's a lot different when you're talking about Grilly, who's just – he's old. Yeah. It, like it's almost over for him, and yeah. he, he's trying to get maybe one more deal. But it, if you're the Braves, I mean, this is your prized pitching. Right. You're going to be cautious. Not even, I mean, this is your guy, and so I wouldn't expect, I wouldn't expect them to push him at all. And and he's going to want to. He's going to want to yeah. get back out there. He's going to be telling them how good he feels. But mm-hmm. I would not take the gloves off with this. I I wouldn't even. I just put it at a year and just bank on having him next next July. You know, yeah, next All Star break. If he can just finish next season strong, it's a huge success. You know, versus trying to get him back and, and and you know I don't know how common it is maybe it's reinforced after the surgery and it's it's stronger but uh, you know it's it's more about the flexibility and the movement right. in it and everything but right. still I mean risking anything with with Soroka uh, you'd just be foolish you know I, I'd push it as long as possible and and just be you know glad to have him finish next year healthy I remember Grilly showed us his Achilles and it was grotesque when it was swollen yeah. it was you know it takes a long time for it to get back to normal size some guys it doesn't you know, it stays swollen and, like you said, stiff because you can't, it's hard to get that thing flexible like it used to be. But you can't have it. The, 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 I think what makes it so hard is you can't have it too flexible or you lose power. Uh-huh. You know, it, that right. you get a lot of – it's the same with Tommy John, honestly, but you get a lot of power out of that that rigid um, mm-hmm. that rigidness of the Achilles and, and being able to push off and, and mm-hmm. bounce off it. You know, it's you need some stretch in it, but if it gets too long – you know, it's almost like you're flat-footed all the time. And then if it's too short, I think you're risking either it popping again or, or you know, losing athleticism in the same way, not being able to access those muscles. So the, the whole thing's so complicated. I mean, you just yeah. – you hope he's in the – you you just – you hope he's working with the best people and you do it right. Freddie said, uh, just a terrible injury. But for someone so young and so bright, so determined to be great at this game, uh, kind of knocks you off your 2020 season. But we all know he's going to come back stronger and better. You know, of course, it's going to say that. We'll see. Yeah, it's the type of shit you have to say when you're still right. playing. Right. So, Roca, uh, this guy was sixth in the NL Cy Young race as a rookie last year. Runner, pay, a Rookie of the year runner-up only because, you know, Pete Alonzo hit a major league rookie record, 53 home runs. Yeah. I still think he should have won it. Uh, this is, uh, you know, and he's his personable – and amiable off the field as he is tough and fiercely competitive and talented on it. So that's why the loss is so profound, I think, for the Braves, both on the field and in the clubhouse. And this is a guy that integral part of this team in his in his short time with them. Yeah, I'm wondering what the timeline on Hamels is now, too, because he becomes a lot more important, you know, possibly getting him back. Well, it's, unfortunately, they put him on the 45-day IL, so he's not eligible until September 6th. Or else Shit. that's the guy you would try to rush right now, I think, you know, because he's on a one-year deal. I mean, you'd be like, yeah. are you ready? Because we're ready. Yeah. Man, you, you know I what just, I mean? You're going live today, four innings. I think they got to regret that, moving him to that. But, you know, who could have seen this coming? But still, you, you'd like well, right now. Well, if he now, stays on track, I mean, if he stays on track then for that date, you know, then then you got to weather the storm away. for a month. God. you got to get through a month. I know. And, it, you know, the good news is the offense has been pretty damn good when they're not facing DeGrom. That's the thing about Soroka, man. This guy had pitched. He had started four games against DeGrom. And, and beat him. Yeah, and beat him. Yeah. Last night he was having an uncharacteristic. It was weird because that inning was one of the worst innings I've ever seen Soroka have before he got hurt. I mean, I'll be interested to talk to him about was there any – was it sore or anything? You know, I'm not saying maybe it was, but he was just having a really weird night. You know, it wasn't announced or anything, but he that was a career-high four walks for him last night. He had never yeah, walked four I, guys well, in his second really, shortest start of his career. Yeah, he didn't look perfect, but I mean, you expect that once in a while, I guess. But I, I remember Grilly um, saying he just felt terrible that day that he blew his out. You know, he just mm-hmm. felt like something was off. He felt like he couldn't move. You know, he, it was, he just felt, you know, just he just felt terrible. He felt like shit, and he couldn't. He didn't feel right, and you're still going to pitch. You're, you're not going right. to say anything when right. just because you don't feel right. I mean, you can't come out of a game for that. But um, that was the day that his snap. So yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be interesting to see what Mike says about it. 
So before Monday, Soroka had a 2.72 career ERA in 36 major league starts since debuting at age 20 in 2018. Get this, since 1966, the year of the Braves, the first season in Atlanta, there had been 123 major league pitchers make at least that many starts before turning 23 years old. Soroka's ERA was better than all of them except these five. Vita Blue, Jose Fernandez, Dwight Gooden, Mark the Bird Fidrich, and John Matlack. Other than John Matlack, the other guys are pretty much legendary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, no, I mean there's no denying how good he is, that's for sure. Uh his ERA rose to two point eight six career with last night's outing. Like I said, four high four walks is career high for him in two and a third innings. The only shorter start he'd had was the two inning one at DC last year when he got hit by that line drive in his pitching arm. And then he mm. that was scary at the moment, but he didn't I don't think he missed a start. Uh, he might have pushed one back, but uh, you know, even the here's the thing is even more of the load now falls on the shoulders of free, you know, ready or not. Yeah. He's you gotta hope he doesn't feel the pressure to do it, but he starts tonight. Uh Freddie said, uh, Freddie said he thinks Freddie's going to go out and have a terrific game because he's so close to Soroka, you know, and he's going to be driven tonight against Toronto in the series opener. He's got a 2 3 1 ERA, Freed does, and took a perfect game to the fifth inning in his last start Thursday against the Rays. No, he's, he's looking really good this year, and that's, that's something that's, that's nice to have. Um, yeah. Yeah, it looks like I, he's he hit 100 miles an hour in his last start. He what? He hit 100 miles an hour in his last start. I didn't even know he could do that. Freed did? I didn't even know he. Yeah, did. yeah. It was like a. Wow. Uh, it was it was late in the game too, like fourth or fifth inning for him. I, mean, I wasn't. It was a ball that. outside. I think he just. You know what I think's cool about him is I think he just let one eat to light the gun up. Yeah. But I think most of his he's he seems high effort because he's so athletic, but he knows how to pitch and he knows how to kind of dial it down and get in the zone and everything and. You know, he's if it wasn't for Soroka, you'd be spending all the time talking about how mature he is. Oh yeah, you yeah. know. Oh, the but the two of them both the, the maturity is off the charts. And yeah, the stuff and the stuff. I was talking to Flowers, and Flowers compared his stuff to Sale. Now Sale throws harder, but he said the stuff they're both so hard to so hard to catch because like his fastball will cut sometimes it'll pull yeah, this way like and a he, foot. It's got a couple of different break uh, curveballs, you know. One that's a sharp bite to it. One that's kind of a loopy thing. He's got the slider. He said he's nasty, man, and and really, uh, you know, intellectual and 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 really approaches it from a mental side, uh, trying to get better all the time, outsmarting. He studies his ass off. So he's really smart with his routine too. I remember, I remember his first spring training that that I was in with him. He was doing these weird hip drills and stuff. And he was kind of trying to do it in a corner where nobody could see him because they look kind of goofy. Yeah. But he knew he knew how much that they mattered. And I started asking about his routine. He doesn't really lift weights because he just doesn't feel good when he does them. You know, yeah. he gets a right. little tight with them. But he seems to really know his body. He's gone through some injuries and stuff. I mean, he's mature. It's, you know, it's, it's still going to be really fun to watch him pitch this year. So then after that, you've got uh, – he'll be followed Wednesday by Sean Newcomb with his 8.22 ERA. And Thursday by Tuku Toussaint with his 8.10 ERA in the series finale against the Jays. There you have it. <laughs> yeah, somebody's going to step up. And it's yeah. not like they don't have the ability, they don't have the talent. Oh, yeah, you know, no doubt. I mean, they it's both, all there. You know, both of them have shown flashes yeah. of it, two innings here, especially uh, Tuki, that last. He, he's, he, you know, and it's not fair to Tuki to, to really. Uh, no, it's not. Bang on him right now because he missed, you know, most of summer camp with that COVID thing. Comes back, makes like pitches in like one game, and then he's thrust into that uh, somebody who got lit up early. Newcomb and Tukey's thrown in there at Tampa Bay, you know, on short notice, and goes in and gets rocked a little bit in that first outing. So it looked a That's lot. That's probably better the to toughest start. role, you know, the the role that Tukey's been in, yeah. where he's been getting you know bust up from AAA to to right. fill in and do a spot start, knowing he's probably going back to AAA, right. Um, and probably, you know, flew that morning, things like that. He's never really had a chance to settle in and have a job. Um, I mean, he's a guy that could take off if he, if he gets a chance where they yeah, tell him will. you're in our rotation and, and he, he could take off, you know, um, it's, it's really hard to feel like 
if I have a bad start, I'm going back to AAA or not even know when you're pitching. And all of a sudden, you got to try to get through a lineup that's already got all their knocks and they're already hot. Uh, it's he's been tough. He's been in a really tough spot. So you know, it hasn't really been fair to him being a long man starter, kind of getting jumped around. But the bottom line is, you know, if you don't like that role, you got to step up when you get those opportunities. And he's getting it now. Freddie, uh, yeah. Freddie had a great comment. He said about the next man up. He said, I mean, that's got to be the mindset. No one's going to feel sorry for us. Max Freed, I think, is going to have a little something extra tomorrow because Max and Mike, that's tonight, Max and Mike are really, really tight. I think it's going to be a big game for Max. It has to be next man up. Someone's going to get the great opportunity to fill that role and have a great season. So it's just kind of like when I broke my wrist, that was in 2017 when Freeman got hurt. That night wasn't very great. And then they came out and started scoring a ton of runs. So hopefully that's what's going to happen here. Max comes out and throws a great game to get us on a good start. And we start winning ballgames again. But tonight there's no way around it. Just terrible. Now we're going to start again tomorrow with Max <laughs> on the mound. Yeah. I mean, that sums it up. Friday series opener at Philly. You got Kyle Wright in his 7.50 ERA in two starts. And then Saturday, we'll see who they plug into Soroka's thing. We should find out in the next couple of days. Going to be interesting. Never never a dull moment in this uh, crazy season, but that's uh, the last thing you wanted to see last night. By far. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we'll be back on Friday, and by then we'll know who's going to pitch Saturday, and we'll know where the Braves stand, how they recover from this thing, you know. If they uh, bounce back and, and win these, you know, Win this series against the Jays, it'll show me something. But, uh, you know, they've got, like we said, they got all the parts. And if they can go out and somehow find one more starter, I think they still got a chance to do a lot of good things this year as long as the season continues. Yeah, and having a, you know, having a really strong pen helps too. Yeah. Having, having got, you're deep in the pen. So you got some extra, it's, it's really nice that this happens on a year where you have right. a couple extra spots for your bullpen and things like that to be able to try to cover this and give these guys a little more room for error. But, um, yeah, just you just got to see who steps up, and, and I, I'm pretty sure somebody will. You count on Fulty down the road; uh, it's going to be too soon for him. And Hamels down the road, but for this month, man, they got to weather the storm, and, and somebody's got to just take that role and run with it. All right, that's 755 is real. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday. Thanks for listening. We're out. All right.